Welcome to the Parker Avery Group's Talk Retail to Me podcast and new for 2023 video series. In each episode, our consulting professionals cover key retail and CPG topics and offer pragmatic insights that will add value to your operations and initiatives. This is Trisha Gustin. I'm Senior Director of Marketing at the Parker Avery Group, and I have with me today uh, two of our organizational change management leaders, Kathy Toll, who's a principal, and Carrie Habel, who is a senior manager. Both have incredible change management experience, and uh, we're excited to talk about today transformational leadership. But before we get into that, I wanted each Kathy and Carrie to give us a little bit of background, how long you've been with the Parker Avery Group, and um, kind of your history. Kathy, you can go first. Okay, so I have been with the Parker Avery Group. It will be 10 years this November. And I started as a contractor with the firm and worked on and off over a course of five or six years. And I wasn't a proper Parker Avery um, employee until 2018 when I joined the firm in the change management practice and have since continued to grow and work with the firm. The growth over the past 10 years, professionally for me, for the firm and personally, has just been incredible to watch. But always after spending lots of years in consulting and vowing never to work for a firm again, what drew me to Parker Avery was the work ethic and the focus that we put on the client. And we do whatever it takes to deliver for the client. And I just, I love that about the firm. All right. Well, I um, have been with the firm now for a little over two years. Started also though as a contractor, um, which was just a really terrific experience. Fell in love with Parker Avery and, you know, joined one year after doing some contract work. My history has been Everything from being a beauty advisor behind the Estee Lauder counter way back in the day. I was a planner. I uh, was with Bath and Body Works as a district manager and a regional, and was in the center store operations. So a lot of it, a lot of field, a lot of corporate background. Um, led the learning and development team. Um, went to Charming Charlie. Did some consulting on my own, and then here I am. And similar to Kathy, Parker Avery is really. I think what attracted me most is the humbleness of the firm, but also just like we really tailor everything we do to the client. And I think that really stands apart from anybody else. So really proud to be a part of the firm too. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Carrie. I, it's hard for me to believe that you're only with Parker Avery for two years. Cause I feel like it's way longer than that in a very good way. Oh, good. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, it's like, yeah. of course, to some extent, maybe it seems because of everything that happened yeah. with the pandemic and everything, we all lived through that together. And Kathy, I remember the first time I met you was when I first joined the firm and you were on the Dollar Tree mm-hmm. project. You were a contractor then. It was, yes. I feel like a lifetime ago. Great, great history. And, and I agree with it. The way we approach clients is 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 very unique for sure. And and everybody in the firm gets the chance to roll up their sleeve and get down into the nitty gritty of client work because that's what I think makes us so successful that we we deeply understand the challenges that they're going through and then work like hell to fix them. 
So let's morph over to transformational leadership. So let's talk, talk about what do we mean by transformational leadership? So I think first, it's kind of a bit of a debate um, from organization to organization. Um, transformation is kind of a new, a little bit of a new buzzword, but it is kind of a new type of change that's also emerged. And it's been a while, but I would say has come more popular since COVID. Um, and just a lot of the digital, you know, transformation and things like that. So, but I would say overall transformational leadership is more of a style of leadership that centers around, you know, people and culture, innovation, um, workplace autonomy. So it's, it's more of a people first kind of leadership approach. So that's what my definition would be. I don't know if there's an official definition, but Kathy, do you want to share your definition? Um, sure. And what's interesting is it's almost sometimes easier to define transformational leadership as what it's not. The opposite, if you will, of transformational leadership is transactional. And it's very much um, how many of us grew up. It's like, did you make your five, five sale, sales calls this week? Check. Did you follow up with three of the five? Check. And so on through your checklist. And the boss says, okay, good job, see you next week, where you're really the manager was managing transactional activities. It wasn't, the person wasn't interested in tapping into that individual's strength. They weren't interested in trying to shift culture, behavior. Um, they were just about like the day-to-day, -day, the rudimentaries. And transformational leadership is all about and that's why it's such a nice fit for Parker Avery is it's about focusing on a change in an individual, which is the way we approach our change management in the firm is we focus on not only organizational change, but we look at the people within the organization because their behaviors need to change in order for the organization. Interestingly enough, it is not a new concept. Um, it was developed in 1978. Right. So it's always fun to see when, you know, that buzzword, it has been around and then went away and now we're back and it's the new, everybody's, you know, transformational leadership. It, it is very, and I, to Carrie's point, it is a style. Um, it's, it's the way somebody leads versus just focusing on transactional data. How is it related to change management or how is it is it different to some definitions i would think change management also pertains to the individual but usually it's more targeted towards an initiative so how how the two how are they related that how are they different i would say and i think this is different again based on each organization mm -hmm. there's not a clear path but i think most organizations are viewing if we just take change management typically focused on one initiative. So one initiative for the company, whether that's a new system, new software, you know, new org design, but it's like one initiative. So one kind of siloed focus. I think transformation is a more long-term and it's a portfolio of initiatives versus just kind of one, you know, project or one program. So it, it takes into consideration kind of the overall transformation of an organization with multiple different initiatives, change management specifically, mm -hmm. you know, 
typically is focused on one. And actually ties very closely with our approach on capabilities roadmaps, where it's not you do one and then another. It's it's a roadmap to get from yeah. where you are today to where you really want to be in the future. And it's it's a series of initiatives. So it sounds like yeah. change management. There are plans for each of those initiatives, but then transformational leadership is more of a broad, here's how your whole entire organization needs to manage all of these initiatives together to get to yeah. this future state. Right. And I think one of the things, I know we're going to focus more on leadership, but I think one of the, the mistakes that I see companies making is that they are taking each initiative as a silo and there's not mm-hmm. one overarching, you know, let's just call it change or transformation approach that focuses on the people. So when you're going through a new initiative, if you've got, you know, one group focused on, you know, these types of change activities in another, and it's not consistent, it's actually creating confusion yep. and overall yep. transformation, you know, focuses on people and culture and you know, kind of the, well, just the people first approach. So it confuses people and can actually be pretty detrimental if, you know, companies are actually taking a different approach for multiple different initiatives. When I hear the phrase change management, I think of, to me, it's an old school term that's very transactional. Um, I always equate it to any of the law and order series is you know when you get, you're gonna watch Law and Order, you'll have a beginning, you're gonna have a middle, and you're gonna have an end. And it follows a formula. And the change management process, as lots of people know it, is you're following this eight step, five step, 12 step, pick a step methodology formula, and then you're done. And transformation is more about an ongoing constant learning. We talk about individuals having competencies. Transformational leadership is about the organization having a a capability to evolve and to be resilient and adaptive. Mm -hmm. And if you can have that sitting on top of all of the different change initiatives, whether it's, as Carrie said, we rarely see a client that's just doing a system implementation. They're doing three system implementations. They're going to do a reorg. Um, They're changing their comp structure, like all at the same time. And if you have the overarching ability for people to be flexible and resilient, that will take the organization much further than if if you're working in these little silos of change practices, so to speak. So to your analogy of law and order, so transformational leadership might be like the Yellowstone. It's like Game uh, of, Games of Thrones. Game of Thrones, right? Pick your series, right? That has a, right? I've you been watching Yellowstone yeah. lately. Yeah. You don't turn on Games of Thrones and understand what's going on. You're like, what the heck? Is you have to be there. And that's very, and I think what people are have struggled with in COVID accelerated our ability to adapt is it's so squishy and you don't know what's going to happen and you're unclear on the next steps. And that is really hard for professional people to to deal with. And I think COVID really, as I said, accelerated our capability. 
And whether we knew it or not, it's like we had to become more resilient. We had to adapt to an just unprecedented circumstance. And that's business today. It, it continues to be always changing, especially in retail. I think that's put the spotlight on transformational leadership too, because every leader that I know of has said, my leadership has changed. I have changed. Yes. I have to become more uh, empathetic. I have to become more sensitive. I have to be able to adapt to the personal needs of you know, my employees more than I've ever had to do before, you know, and even the remote work, you know, which we see everywhere, mm. like communication styles have had to change. Um, but overall, I think the, I think, you know, the great leaders also had to show, especially during COVID, the sense of vulnerability, which maybe that wasn't very common in the past. And so, but it actually really allowed, I think, their teams to be able to relate better, or the level of trust that maybe wasn't there before. And so I think that has now become a springboard for this, you know, if we tag it as leadership transformation or transformational leadership, those are some of the qualities that I think you have to have now. It wasn't just during that time of COVID. It's like, these are lessons right. learned from leaders that they are, they need to carry with them. And the good ones, you know, have done that. What's interesting to me with transformational leadership and it's something both Carrie and I um, are big believers in um, manage people's strengths, identify what they do well, put them in a position to excel. And let's forget, you know, if they're, they're not whiz kids at crunching the numbers, that's okay. They probably have a different skill set, but transformational leadership is focused on not having cookie cutter employees but finding the individual strengths and for and and having those strengths gel together as a team so not everybody has to be exactly the same right. and again not a new concept the uh -huh. whole strength management gallops um notion has been around for years and somehow though again we're, we're kind of coming full circle to the fact that people are individuals and they have to be treated as such right well, I think it's interesting too, because a lot of organizations are really tailoring their their roles now, specifically, Kathy, to what you're saying. Yeah. These they excel in these, you know, these particular skills. And so they're rearranging roles. So it's not that cookie cutter approach. And really taking the the needs of the individual into consideration more than they ever have in the past and making sure that there's meaningful, purposeful work because that's the key to retention as well. Yeah. So speaking, speaking of roles, what roles are typically involved as transformation leaders? What roles in a retailer and what role should be involved as champions of transformational leadership? I would say first, it, it's, it involves every type of leader, um, but I think it has to start mm. at the top. So, and, you know, going back to the earlier conversation, the, you know, the, the C-suite and the executives, like that level um, they really have been the ones that have needed to kind of set the tone and, and role model, you know, different types of behaviors um, and, you know, be more open, almost more of like an intuitive leader versus like a tactical leader. And the yeah. communication yeah. has changed where, 
you know, the good transformational leaders aren't top down communication, they are much more, you know, open and using different types of ways to be able to touch their people. And I think it's changed a lot also from more of a tell environment to an yeah. ask and a listen. And I'm really, I really care about you. I want to listen to you. So you see that that level of leadership, those good leaders who are really transforming the organizations, they have a connection like they've never had before with their teams. But then I would also say it it's going to take it takes every level. So every, mm-hmm. every level of leader has to start to shift and change and kind of morph into the needs of you know the individual and the needs of the business and, and change their leadership style. It's a really interesting question, Trisha, because you asked it and I had my first kind of knee-jerk reaction. And then I put on like my consultant hat. And if a client said, look, we're shifting, we want to shift towards this style. And I had to prioritize the leaders in the organization. How would I do that? Because my first response was a CFO has got to be a transformational leader because it's about stimulating intellectual curiosity. So there's really no functional area that doesn't need that. And in the next breath, if I had to think about prioritizing it, is who is influencing customer-facing employees? Who has the biggest population? So for instance, is it the field force that's calling on um, or the people in the field that are servicing customers? Um, That might be my first place to start. And then the support functions like operations and the people that are are sitting sort of behind the scenes would be then the next level. But it's, to Carrie's point, it's not just the C-suite. If it doesn't push down into giving a department manager the empowerment and the the ability to lead their teams, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Do you have any specific examples of how companies have done that well, as far as reaching into your non-executive level and identifying those people that are, can be part of the transformational leadership team. How are the, how are those roles or those, it's really people yeah. picked out and have you, do you have any examples of, of where that's done well? There's two that popped into my head and one isn't necessarily um, a retailer, it is a distribution center of a retailer. Um, and they started tapping into their frontline teams and said, okay, you brought me a problem, fix it. And they've started to form these little task forces and had people kind of bubble up how they would go about approaching the fix. And it stuck. Like it, it, it's become this little incubator for these really a painfully obvious solutions that if you're working three levels above, you don't see. And B, it's given people an incredible sense of like, yeah, that was my idea. Yep, I helped with that. I've also seen other retailers where they've formed um, leadership councils where they pull from their, their people from the field and they have quarterly or monthly sessions with those folks to say, what are we missing? We're sitting here in our ivory tower. What are you seeing? What's working? What isn't? What are some different solutions? Um, and 
talking with them about here's what we're thinking for our roadmap. Is, is that aligning with what you're hearing from the customer? And if it's not, then it's time to reassess that. It's like you might be chasing, you know, the slickest CRM system and stores are saying, uh, no, that's not what people are looking for right now. We, we, we've got that covered. We need to be operationally more efficient because I'm wasting a ton of time here on administrative tasks that I should be focused on working with, with the client or the customer. I look at Estee Lauder and I think about, you know, their transformation. So they started Estee Lauder, I think it was in 1946 or 47. Uh, Mrs. Estee Lauder started with them, you know, just this, a small company and sold $800, I think it was, of merchandise to Saks. And now I think they're at like 18 billion and they have, you know, 25 or more brands. And I think about, I know so many people, Kathy, I'm sure you do yeah. with your background too, that are still with that organization. And what, what keeps them there is they do have, you know, organizational benefits like, you know, any other big organization, but what they never lost was that sense of family and sense of culture. And they've been able to maintain that in all of those different brands. And, you know, with 60,000 or so employees worldwide, they have been able to continue to maintain this level of loyalty and it's through their culture and through their leaders. And they have always just focused on people first, whether it's bringing in a new brand, it's like we, they won't execute anything yeah. without taking into consideration the impact on the people. And they always take care of their people. I've worked for some wonderful companies um, and with that size of a brand or organization, I've never had anybody else have that that level in that large of an organization, that level of culture and family feel. And you really feel like I'm loyal to this brand because I am part of their family. And so they have something really special, but it it is in every level of leadership and just knowing that they, they won't make a decision unless they really assess the people impact. So I think they've done a beautiful job over the course of the last, you know, 20 some years that I've seen. Um, I think they've yeah. evolved beautifully in terms of their transformation and it's been focused on leadership and you know focused on culture. They have other programs that they are continually putting their field leaders through so that those people can grow and right. become better personally, professionally, but it's not as if they just leave the person on their own, is they're helping their professional development. And if you help the people, you help yourself, the organization, because the people are growing as well. Outside of Estee, are there any other examples of companies that exhibit transformational leadership capabilities very well? There's still pockets of that in Home Depot, in Target, in Nordstrom's, but it goes ties back to the leader of the region, of the district, to see where that's still living and breathing and where it's fallen by the wayside. Within an organization, you have functions that are have really embraced um, a, a transformational leadership and soliciting input from their employees, where you might see the department over, um, maybe in you know credit and collections, not so much. It's like, we're telling you what to do. If you have feedback, that's great. We're going to survey you once a year and we'll read it. So it's existing in an, 
in different functional areas, or particularly for retailers because they're spread across the globe, if they have brick and mortar stores, you often find that they exist in their regions. You can you know, go to the Northeast region and then go to the Southeast region. And if they're, if they're being run by different regional managers, you can experience two different companies. It's fascinating the little cultural incubators that happen when you're geographically dispersed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I saw that firsthand um, a lifetime ago when I was back with IBM Consulting and I was doing a lot of restaurants and in different parts of the country, yes, yeah. you know, Pittsburgh, their stores, their restaurants were operated totally different than like Minneapolis and, and that type. And it was just, and we saw it, I think with a, another store operations uh, project we did early in 2021, where the Florida stores and of course, New York with different state laws operated, but it was, you might as well have been in a different from those two different geographies. So that's an interesting observation. There's, and, and to some extent, you know, there's, those regional differences aren't going to go away, but there's, I think the capabilities could be more consistent. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a paradox, right? Is so much of like retail and our environment, if you're out in the stores, it is about a consistent experience. And that means consistent policies and procedures. But yet now we're saying in order to, you know, help transformational leaders grow, you need to adjust roles and responsibility to the individual. So you're kind of like, wait, can we have it both ways? It's like that really fine balance. And there is a middle ground, but finding it, I think our work as consultants coming in to work with clients, that's where the work is. Is yeah. how can we how can we maintain a sense of consistency but still let independent thinking surface and and be valued by the organization? We've worked with J.C. Penney, and um, they have a you know new chief people officer, and he is very focused on ensuring that they change the culture of the organization and it's a people first organization. So even our change management, you know, where I was pleasantly pleased is that we were able to really focus on the leadership. And so our work was mm-hmm. less about the change management tactics and it was much more about how do we develop the leaders? And right. so yeah. we did some you know, self-awareness, um, self-assessments, things like that on transformational leadership. So the leaders were able to understand, um, you know, what are their leadership styles? What are the strengths? How do they leverage those? Where are the risks? And as they're going through transformation, you know, what are the things that they need? And so the company was really responsive to listening to those things. And we did a ton of task forces outside of the specific project, but really to talk about what are the, what's the workload exhaustion? Where is it coming from? How do we, you know, how do we, how do we get better? And, um, you know, so there was a lot of feedback and just being able to kind of condense that down, but they're taking steps to be able to, you know, to change what that looks like. And I think that was a result of some of our efforts, but also just kind of the direction that they're going as well as an organization. And in some of these projects, um, Carrie, I know you've used this transformational leadership self-assessment tool. Um, mm-hmm. Can you give us a little bit of, of background and explanation on how that's used and what the output of that is? 
I'll just use JCPenney if I can, just as the example. But so we we had this self-assessment and it was really around transformational leadership. And it was a simple self-assessment, but similar to things that you've taken probably in the past, like Myers-Briggs or, you know, strength finders, things like that. And so it really identifies kind of what type of transformational leadership style you demonstrate most. And then it, it highlights, like, these are the things that work really well when you're going through periods of transformation. And then it outlines also, like, these are the areas of risk. So these are the things you need to watch out for. We ended up you know, going through the self-assessment, and then they shared their insights and what some of the things that they learned about themselves. But what was interesting is that the entire group was, for the most part, the same style. And so it gave some insight to that group and to their leaders that, hey, we might have some work to do to get a little more, you know, kind of diversity in thinking styles. And we'll have to be careful because we've got so many people kind of in that same leadership, you know, thinking pattern and doing kind of the same things. We are missing, you know, like more of the inspiration and more of the motivation and some of those traits that, you know, people do need when they're going through transformation. So we were able to you know, kind of pull out for some of those leaders who did have some of those traits to say, okay, how do we leverage you differently? And whether it was within that project, or if it was across multiple initiatives, we could identify and they learned about themselves, but they also learned about each other. And it's something that they hadn't really done in the past. Um, So it was, it was a small little activity or exercise. But I think when you think about transformational leadership, it starts with having self-awareness. And that's why we started with that self-assessment first, because you can't transform others and an organization if you don't transform yourself. And so doing that self-assessment just to gain some awareness and put some behaviors, new behaviors into practice, you know, became critical to their success of their initiatives. One of my last questions was, how can a company get started? And it it sounds like something like this transformational leadership self-assessment tool would be a good place to start just getting really curious about your internal um, leadership capabilities, that type of thing. Was that in addition to that, first of all, is that right? Yes, definitely. Well, yeah, contact us first. (laughs) For sure. Good, bad, or ugly, you have to benchmark where the organization is and then even if they're small wins, you know, you'll see if you're doing it properly, you should see an uptick in, in the assessment. And it has to be done though, reassessed on a regular basis. Right. Understanding where you are as a baseline first. I think also, you know, we had kind of talked at the beginning, the difference between change management and and transformation initiatives, like don't go in silos. So if you have a transformation, I, I see you know, transformation offices out there that don't include a people-first approach. So they're creating a transformation office that's very focused on digital transformation, which affects everybody, every department, every role, like all these different things. But there's not there's not a people, like change management practices, leadership, all of those things that, that are a part of that. So there's this beautiful strategy, but they're missing that. So I would also say, look at things holistically, don't take things in silos, especially the people have a, you know, focus on people and process, they need to go hand in hand, you can't, you can't, um, you can't separate those two. And then I I would say the third, and I hear this all the time, especially leaders as they 
get higher and higher up is they say there's never development for me. There's never development for me. So no matter what the level, what the role, like always invest time in leadership development. I mean, that is just, that's a big opportunity. I think in most organizations, everybody expects the leaders to just know how to do it. They get paid enough to do it and there's not development for them. And, you know, especially in the last couple of years, there's so many changes. They, they need the skills and the tools. Don't just assume that, you know, whatever the leadership level is, that they have those, that, those tools to be able to, you know, manage through the transformation. So invest in leaders. It's interesting to think as leaders ascend in, in the organization, who better to invest in? Those are the people that are setting strategy and that are really looking at the future of the company growth. I'm like, you want those people to be the best and the brightest and have like the most current knowledge and thought leadership. It's like, why would you let them sit and just be static and not continue to encourage their learning? I know a ton of people that do it themselves. And sometimes though you have, you are so caught up in your like day job <laughs> that you just can't get to it. Um, so an organization that will set aside and let people have that time, I think is imperative. Yeah, so that's dedicating specific times and yeah. maybe even time frames. Like at this point in your career, or at this point in within this company, you know, every quarter or however, you, there, there needs to be X amount of time set aside for this leadership development. Yeah. So it's like what you said at the very beginning, um, instead of the transactional checking off the box, okay, now I know how to do this work, this whatever task list or a very transactional, those still have to be done. Oh, and that's course. really super yeah. important. So the business continues to run, but then this is more investing in, sharpening the saw yes. on a leadership level. Right. But the, those that don't invest and deliberately invest time for their people in these capabilities are really going to be on the backside of this. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I think, too, like, you know, we're working on helping organizations. They can't do it all. So, you know, we did our own, um, you know, change academy for the Parker Avery firm for select consultants. And, and, you know, we're working on being able to offer something to our clients too, that can be tailored to them and give them their own toolkit, so to speak, um, so they can, they can be more effective and they can build those leadership skills. So yeah, more to come. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's organizations we work with, like, Right now, the client Carrie and I are working with, they have their fair share of problems and hurdles, but they also have a lot of strengths. They have an amazing group of middle managers and people that are willing to learn, willing to put the time in, go above and beyond. So when we're doing assessments, you, it, you can't just find the bad. There's good in every organization. It's just uncovering that and seeing how you can take that and counteract or offset the weaknesses. Awesome. Yeah. Ladies, thank you so much. As always, I love having you guys on the podcast. It's it's just like we're talking over coffee like we want to be. 
<laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to talk about transformational leadership. And we will get, get on the schedule, the, the OCM Academy um, podcast, because I know um, that that's going to be a big deal this year. For yes. Sure. Yes. All right. Have rest of your day. Thank All you. Right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. That's a wrap for this episode of Talk Retail to Me. If you have questions related to today's topic, please visit our website at parkeravery.com to learn more and to contact us. Also, we'd love it if you shared Talk Retail to Me with any of your colleagues. It's streaming on all the major podcast platforms and the videos are available on our YouTube channel. For more Parker Avery industry expertise and advice, be sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.